0: Everybody, uh, I want to call attention to the first, third, fourth. We're on the fourth order, of the st- fifth. This is the fifth episode. Welcome to the fifth episode, fifth meeting, of the Order of the Straight Arrow. First order of business, as always, I'd like to uh, take attendance, going around the table. Uh, myself, the troop scout leader, uh, Dustin, A.K.A. Lays with Beeve, reporting live. To my right, I have the historian.
1: I'm the Troop Historian, uh, Denim Wall, uh, also known as Smoking Beaver. Nope, that's yeah. not me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you fucking wish. I'm going to
1: take it today, Smoking Beaver.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Miles, I'm the Cuban Real Consultant. Uh, my name is Runs With Bins. And
3: I'm Lucas, and I'm uh, Tip of the Spear, and I am Free Beer. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: declined Free Beer today.
0: Did you want to change your name? It's not too late. No, man. No. You can be Sans beer. If you're going to be smoking beef, I'm going to have to be Lays With Dart. Um, in any case, uh, we're going to have to do our straight arrow oath. I believe uh, the historian wants to take us off for this one.
1: Uh, if you're in a scout outfit, three finger salute, civilian clothes, hands over your heart, and repeat after me. A straight arrow always tells the truth.
0: A straight arrow loves nature.
2: Straight arrow and never rake his lawn with a golf club. And a straight arrow is against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow, allow the importation of South American propane.
0: Can I get a round table? We We
3: All
0: right, this meeting has begun. Uh, so, this episode, Hank's Got the Willies, episode five, uh, I believe we should start us off with the historian telling us a little bit about uh, details, who wrote it, when it aired, et cetera, et cetera.
1: So, this episode is the fifth episode of season one. I I suppose it was originally the fourth in the production lineup, but for whatever reason, it aired fifth.
0: As we learned last week.
1: That was on February 9th, 1997. It was written by Johnny Hardwick, who is also known as the voice of Dale Gribble. And, uh, yeah, he's a writer of some heavy hitter episodes, like The Man Who Shot Kane Screderberg.
2: I remember seeing him in that uh, the half-hour little documentary that comes with season one, the yeah. making a king of the hill. And man, yeah, does he ever fit uh, Dale to a T? Like he's pretty eclectic, that guy.
1: He does. He's good. Yeah, I, I looked up some of his stand-up because that's what he mostly does. Um, other than king of the hill, pretty much, he just does stand-up, and it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. Uh, he was that he actually graduated from Lubbock from Texas Tech in Lubbock. Texas, yeah, yeah.
0: That's where those big shoes come from. Yeah, (laughs) or in your country, (laughs) zapados.
1: And I guess Greg Daniels like approached him to like he wasn't trying to work in TV or nothing. Greg Daniels, I guess, just knew him and thought he'd be great for this show, Um, and he was right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did you like? Is he what's he been up to lately? Did you just stand up? Really? Yeah,
1: he's still just doing stand. Yeah, out of New York. I don't actually know, but it was directed by Monty Young. And he looks like he directed obviously this episode and one other heavy hitter episode. Uh the man who shot Kane scredderberg <laughs> And uh that's the only two episodes he ever directed for King of the Hill. He did go on he bounced around Family Guy, Cow and Chicken, um, the oblongs, a bunch oh, I remember other. That show. Yeah.
0: There's a weird family, all shaped differently, and it was kind of, like, raunchy. It came, like, on after that superhero episode with all the boogers. I don't know if you remember that one. Teletoon. Uh, yeah, I, it's weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll research it and I'll get back to you guys. Anyways, um, so now that we know a little bit about who wrote it, how it was made, thank you for that, historian. Um, let's move on to free beer. So with the uh, episode synopsis.
3: Yeah, so a quick uh, synopsis of this episode, uh, the fourth episode of season one. Um, after a series of outbursts at home, Hank takes Bobby to go golfing with him, and where Bobby accidentally hits Hank's hero, Willie Nelson, with a golf ball.
0: I believe it's with the actual club. It leaves his hands, correct? Confirmed? It's like Confirmed. Like uh-huh. He is swinging like a girl.
2: Yeah, and uh, jumping right into this episode, it has a pretty funny cold opening, Um it's a very serene setting, a uh, very slow pan over a golf course, and it's it, does, it stops on the sign, and it's Willie Nelson's uh, Pattenally's Country Club, which is real. Uh, the The signs I've looked online are the same that they that they show in the episode. It says no spitting, no fighting, no gambling, hee hee, and uh, no more than twelve in your foursome.
4: <laughs>
2: That's funny because I read it as
4: hit hit. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: But uh, I love that last line no more than 12 in your foursome. I'm
1: like, it, of, did of it course. really get repossessed by the IRS as well?
2: Oh, yeah, it definitely did <laughs> uh, Yeah, so the the brief history it's um, it was built in 1968. Uh, it's 20 miles West of Austin, Texas uh, Willie Nelson purchased it in 1979 The first thing he did was he turned the clubhouse into uh, an operating functioning recording studio And uh, the first recordings that Willie did there was his 1983 album, Tougher Than Leather. And his collaboration with Merle Haggard covering Town Van Zandt's 1972 song, Poncho and Lefty. Fun fact, I have a dog, his name's Lefty, and that (laughs) song is why. We have a friend named Poncho. (laughs) So in, uh, in 1991, yeah, the club was auctioned off by the RS, and Willie bought it back a year later by borrowing money from some friends he'd made.
0: <laughs> Did you ever find out how much it cost, or how much it was worth?
2: It was actually uh, substantially low. Um, I, I, I can't really remember that. I don't know why I didn't write it down, but I think it was only $250,000. Willie paid for it in 1979, but the course was in, like, dire straits. Like, it was, it was bankrupt, so that's how he got it. Funny enough, 20 years later, <laughs>
4: like... Solid, perfect. <laughs>
2: For those of you who
1: maybe have never heard of Willie Nelson, find that hard to believe.
2: Everybody knows the red-headed
4: stranger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, he debuted in 1960 with his single Nightlife. And since then, he's gone on to release 67 studio albums, 34 collaborative albums, 42 compilation albums, 12 live albums, 2 soundtracks, and 2 Christmas albums. He's acted in over 30 movies. And he loves that kush.
0: <laughs> did I hear you correct? 60 how many? 60 how
1: many? 67.
0: 67. That's ridiculous.
3: Did hey. you uh, by chance dig into the uh, the claim that he made
2: to have smoked weed on top of the White House? <laughs> on top of the White
1: House?
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't look into that. <laughs> you didn't do that? I oh, know. fuck yeah, Through Willie's history that the best thing he ever did was go outlaw. Outlaw? Yeah, when he started, he was like a, like like a suit wearing. It like, was
1: really, it was really groovy. Like I was yeah. listening to that nightlife song, and it's like it, it's 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 a far cry from country. It's like it's like groovy. Like it's like it's a still like, kind of twangy and southerny, but it's a lot more like I don't know. It's not.
0: It brings the funk. Yeah, nice.
1: But yeah, it's um, it's soulful. I'd say. Yeah, it's dancey.
0: Yeah, one thing that I, I kind of thought was funny that uh hank idolizes willie and absolutely does not reference his lifestyle at all like i'm sure hank would be so against that
2: like are you kidding <laughs> anyways oh yeah he does uh, he definitely puts the good music ahead of his like actual value <laughs> really what he believes in um during we this both
1: played what position in high school football
2: left halfback i think <laughs> which I can't like I I know Hank was a football player but can you imagine Willie Nelson running the rock like no (laughs) yeah he'd be destroyed yeah someone
0: would yank on those ponytails so fast sorry Braids my bad so
4: this
2: uh, this cold opening just, just to finish it off um it ends up being, it's Hank, he, we find out he's dreaming, that he's actually dreaming that he's playing oh, golf. No <laughs> <laughs> he's playing golf with Willie Nelson at Willie Nelson's golf course. And they're just having a great time. I think at one point, uh, Willie Nelson confesses to Hank that he always wanted to, always, he dreamt to grow up to sell propane. <laughs>
4: you know, Hank, I've always wanted to sell propane and propane accessories like you do. I guess this dang music thing came up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shame.
2: So um, before Hank is rudely interrupted, <laughs> Hank and Willie um, decide, for a strange reason, to tee off at the exact same time, and it just happens so perfectly that their balls, both they both get a hole in one. I looked it up quickly. Um, I found the odds of two amateur golfers getting <laughs> g- getting a hole in one on the same never hole, tell me the odds. The same hole in the same day, let alone at the same time. Like that's just not a, not a not a thing. But any any guesses? What what are the odds of that? Are?
1: One in a million.
2: It's about 17 million to one. So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs)
0: Damn. Uh, Yeah, so that's what gave it away, the the hole-in-one. Anyways, uh, so after the cold opening, we obviously cut to Hank being awoken by Bobby, who is strumming his guitar like Elvis that doesn't know chords. I think that's the same Elvis. No, just kidding. He was the king. Uh, Then he starts scolding him uh, for uh, touching his beloved Betsy, which uh, I did some research on, and like no wonder Hank loves this guitar so much. What what I saw thought was interesting is he starts off describing it as a 1963 Guild solid top, and after some research, uh, I uh, comparing the. 1963 Guild Solid Top whatever model it may be uh, to the guitars that they made at that time it actually doesn't match up it looks at more of a cross between a 1959 Savoy A150 that has the, uh, the side panel with the nice metal bit at the bottom like that was from that and then the acoustic uh, D40 from the Dreadnought series that's what the D stands for uh, the 1963 Dreadnought um, that gives it its acoustic like characteristics and, uh, anyways, fun fact about the D40 is that, uh, its most notable performance was that of Richie Havens when he opened Woodstock in 1969. Yeah. I, uh, I watched the, I watched the intro to that and he, he wails on it, man. Like the first thing he says is like "guitar mic up, please. Like, yeah, it's, it's sweet. It's really good. Um, so is that the guy
1: with the really long thumbnail,
0: um, I actually didn't look at his thumbnail. No, it like I,
1: zooms in on his play uh, playing and his thumb is like...
0: I, I honestly, I wasn't... He's uh, like an older I, black dude, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. With, like short little yeah. little fro. Yeah. That's him. And yeah, Must be him. And
1: he's got that really yeah. long... Yeah, it yeah. zooms in when he's it, playing uh, that guitar. And I must have just, just shows his glazed thumb, over it. It. Looks, it was
0: late last night when I was watching looks,
1: it. Looks, oh, I just noticed that when I watched that so long ago. I was like, nice. his thumb is so weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and our, his... I want somebody to please look at one of his bandmates, it pans to him and he looks exactly like somebody famous now and I can't put my finger on it. But uh anyways, get back to me on Benedict that. Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh no.
1: Probably. No. Probably.
0: I looked up the value of that guitar. Uh the 1959 Savoy is cheaper than the D40, but they range nowadays like in good condition from 2100 to 4000 Canadian dollars. Like no wonder Hank loves this machine. Like this <laughs> Anyway, so that's about 1600 to 31 U.S. dollars, so still a pretty pretty penny, pretty penny. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he scolds Bobby because now the guitar smells like cheese.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not a guitar guy, but if I had, like, a $100 guitar, I still wouldn't want anybody playing it with a brick of cheese. And, like, just imagine that. Like, aren't strings, like, natural just cheese craters? <laughs> like, <laughs> What in the motion of that? Just like the whole inside of a uh, guitar uh, before? like cheese cutter cheese? is a big like
3: block with a piece of metal string <laughs> that goes over cheese. <laughs> it's a heavier
2: gauge, of course. But and of course, Bobby is doing this to impersonate his uh, his prop comic hero, celery head,
1: <laughs> broccoli neck.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he uh, he's the guy who puts the glue on the. Uh... Stick.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not a joke, son. That's a waste of good glue.
2: <laughs> so this is actually kind of a big moment in the series. Uh, it doesn't really allude to uh, to what Bobby wants to do for the rest of his life, but we find out not long that Bobby's uh, dream and goal in life is to do something with comedy, in particular, prop comedy. So Head being an obvious obvious uh, carrot top ripoff, And then they also, for whatever reason, decide to throw Eddie Vedder in there. <laughs> Bobby claims he's Eddie Cheddar.
0: I looked it up, and, like, yes, uh, Broccoli Neck makes three mil a year. Carrot Top has an annual salary of 90 million. Like, yeah, like, this was 2017 statistics. Like, he's still doing stuff. Like, he has a net worth of $75 because obviously he has to pay some people, but, like, because yeah, he's, he's, deece.
3: He's, he's been around and, like, working for a long time. Like, he's been he's a big 60. celebrity name he's for 60 years and years, old. years right? Yeah, yeah 60. Have, have, have you seen, like, what he looks like lately? He's fucking, he's huge. He's ripped. He's ripped. He's ripped. ripped. Yeah, it's really, really scary, because he has such a bright head of hair. Yeah. Carrot Top's terrifying.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, fun fact, I looked up Willie Nelson's net worth. Did anyone else... Take gander at that. Anyone have any guesses? 60? 60 million. Keep in mind, he was at zero dollars in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he was negative like a couple million, I think. <laughs> I'll, I'll double that. I'll go 120. 120. Lays with beef. do you have a guess? Uh, 69,000. 69, going low, going low. Um, it's price actually, yeah, price is right, Rose. Yeah, right? It's actually uh, 25 million, which is. I also expect it to be a lot more just because it's, it's Willie Nelson. He's a household name, but, I mean, the guy clearly doesn't really know what to do with his money. <laughs> like, he was a lot more popular in 91 than he is now.
1: He just keeps putting out records. He does. They just don't stop coming.
0: That's a costly process, too. Converts every golf course
2: he owns into a studio. I mean,
3: Yeah, come is, he, on. is he still, like, touring and shit? I feel like yeah. he's, he yeah, has he, within He
2: was years. in Vancouver last summer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, another thing with his golf and country club. Apparently, there's all these like condos and like living spaces built on the country club property, where he just literally lets what he refers to as his extended family, which is just like his roadies, old friends, like guys in his band that just live on his golf course, and it's like. No dress code, bikinis are encouraged, like, there's no rules. So
1: he's started
2: a cult. Yeah, a fun one. How do we join? (laughs) I don't know. Apparently, he just lives in the front yard, according to... (laughs) Dude,
3: can you imagine the sheer amount of fucking jean overalls that are going on in that place?
2: One thing I... Yeah. Oh, fuck. No shit. There's a lot of braids. (laughs) (laughs) I also noticed, or I I saw online, that apparently this golf course, like, which anyone can go and go and play... Like, even to this day, he apparently has, like, special gas-powered, like, high-performance golf carts. So you can just, like, fucking rip around this course, get drunk and stoned with your buddies, and as long as there's no more than 12 of you.
0: <laughs> In one foursome. I mean, if you have two foursomes, you could, you could definitely get it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, carrotop funny man. Uh, you know who also is funny? Robert Klein.
4: People don't pay money to see things like that. Now, Robert Klein, that's something you pay money for. Robert Klein is not funny. <laughs> yeah, like He's exactly the comedian that Hank Hill would
0: love. Like, uh, I, uh, I looked up his albums, and he's got two really popular ones. Born in the Child of the 50s? Child of the 50s, and the other one was uh, Mind Over Matter. Uh, anyways, the first one, like... I got a I didn't listen to it. Like I'm not I wasn't gonna spend that.
1: I much. listened to about twenty five minutes of his stand up on HBO from like seventy nine.
2: I looked him up too. I was like, Who's this Robert Klein guy? And I was like there's all these links to all of his stand-up, and I did not feel compelled to watch a single one. And, like, I like comedians and comedy. Who doesn't? But it's like, that, this guy is, yeah, he's, yeah he didn't That's exactly how
3: part. I felt when I looked him up, too. I was like, I've never heard of this guy's name before. There's all these videos. I don't think I'm going to take a chance on it.
0: Yeah, I saw a link for uh, a play on George Carlin's uh, Seven Dirty Words You Can't Say on Television. He did six clean words you can say anywhere. And I... W- was I couldn't click on it. No, I didn't want to listen to it. I didn't. I was just like, well, why why do I wanna watch this?
1: His his best stuff I saw was about transmissions and beer commercials. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, one thing I just wanted to say here about um this scene here when Bobby's getting or sorry, Hank's getting mad at Bobby for playing his guitar. But he just prefers to what his dream he was having was his Willie Nelson golf dream number, number three, three. Which means there's a bunch of them.
4: And he woke me up from my Willie Nelson golfing dream number three. And he knows about these.
2: So I think we're led to believe that Hank has probably ten just reoccurring Willie Nelson dreams. Yeah, so and that's so all he, he definitely has about. minimum three
3: of them. Yeah. yeah, but definitely more.
0: At least in one they're opening a chicken joint together.
3: Oh, that's fantastic. At least
0: one.
4: I sell propane and propane accessories, I tell you what. Shut up, Dale.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right there we hear Bobby, um, after Hank has already gone back to bed, after being woken up in school, uh, by Bobby, we see Bobby outside sitting on top of uh, Hank's lawnmower, and he's he's impersonating his father, and like, it is just. I found it just so funny that he just felt the need to just say "shut up, Dale." Like the only two things he hears his dad ever say is uh, is talking about propane or telling Dale to shut up.
0: I think it's the second uh, Hank Hill impression that we uh, get to hear Bobby do. In the first episode, he does he does the impression. Yes. I love Bobby's impression of Hank because it's it's spot on.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, we see um, Bobby pretending to ride the lawnmower, and then he accidentally releases the brake. Causing it to roll across the yard And crash into Hank's truck And for whatever reason The horn gets stuck on
4: Cracked, Bobby, (laughs) what happened to my truck? Your mower hit it Well, maybe I ought to send my mower To one of those children's psychologists
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this awakes the fellas uh, The guys from around the block all come out And I'm sure you guys noticed too But it was hilarious that tail and Boomhauer are wearing like matching blue like (laughs) speedos or like man thongs or
4: something sounds like your horn's going off you really think so bill oh yeah
2: and uh while this is going on i think our historian has something to say about what peggy and luann were doing um Basically for Peggy expressing her jealousy and anger towards Hank's love for his guitar, Betsy.
1: Yeah, so Hank's been going off about uh, his guitar, and I just just don't know if he's super convincing about it all. Like, I just kind of feel like they kind of shoehorned the idea of him being into playing guitar, kind of just because they got Willie Nelson. He never really goes on about the guitar in other episodes.
2: No, I don't think he does, but I mean... Like I, I see what you're saying, but to the show's fairness, Betsy is a, you know, a fairly reoccurring um, part of the show for at least the first six seasons. I want to say. Is it? Yeah. It. Kinda. Yeah, I think I think most of it was just to tie in to what we hear at the end of the episode, Hank's song that he wrote about Peggy, because we heard we hear that song a few more times, and it's kind of a, a big thing for the two of them.
0: That's a good hit. Yeah, I love Pegaleg. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I kind of felt that way, too, because, like, just as a viewer, I was feeling, like, okay, now, like, they're definitely laying on pretty thick that Hank loves this guitar. Like, like they
1: well. went a li- like, I mean, I think they could have gone with, like, the golfing angle,
0: because mm-hmm. clearly
1: Willie Nelson's a big fan of golfing. Yeah. And, I mean...
0: I guess just more stuff makes for more jokes, right? I mean,
1: like, if, you know, like, they could have kept the guitar, but they just... They really harped on it. They made us, they made him really feel like it was supposed to be special to him.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, I think you're you're right, though. It's kind of a way to, like, shoehorn Peggy into the it story. It is, yeah. I
1: was, that's I mean, I was going.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you're definitely right about that. And I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um,
1: I mean, yeah, I guess it does its job. But, it, like, again, Peggy could have been just as mad with how much time he wants to spend golfing with the boys.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You
1: know, like, make the episode about where, hank is just happens to be golfing at his idols golf course all the time and then maybe him and hank strike up a friendship and that's where the episode goes
2: yeah yeah
1: and and it just instead of forcing the guitar onto hank it doesn't he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to really
2: yeah i was thinking like i I totally agree with you here and i think maybe one they could have just been like you know hank like one escape from growing up with Cotton Hill as my father was I'd sit in my room and play my guitar so you know they could have exactly yeah could introduced they, it like a real reason because yeah, I, I know what you're saying Hank doesn't seem like he would be a musician or even have time to play the guitar
1: yeah I yeah um and then but also at this around this time luann is mentioned she has a beauty school final is coming up, and so she basically her whole all her time is kind of taken up in this episode. Just doing that, and she—it doesn't have much screen time.
0: Yeah, I think they do a pretty good job of just giving her the couple seconds that she needs to have that running C plot.
1: I do really like her. I yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end, but I really, yeah. I really do like where her story is in this one.
0: Yeah, I, I see what you mean because it shows improvement, and uh, we can we'll talk about it a little bit later. But the end definitely yeah, sealed the deal and like made me happy that I was you know I did pay attention.
2: So we are still in the alley at this point, and Hank's horn is still going off. Now the whole guys are out there, and actually Dale just boots the tire.
4: Don't even try to take credit for that. It was not done by me. It was done through me
2: Dale says this Because just before he Kicked the tire He was explaining to Hank How annoyed he was That he was Woke Or that he was had heard a loud noise While he was meditating And that he was just An inch away from inner peace
1: (laughs) I didn't even put that together
2: (laughs) It was actually a nose hair He
0: was a nose hair away. Um, Yeah I think it's hilarious That Dale Totally would be the type To meditate Like He thinks that He thinks that he's actually Doing it But he's just thinking About cigarettes
2: <laughs> I just imagined him in like his like wearing his orange hat and his aviators in like a blue speedo like doing yoga in his creepy basement Like
1: an ashtray <laughs> and a cigarette lit for the incense
2: So all his pet show turtles are around in their aquariums <laughs> <laughs> So the the horn finally stops and Hank is getting super annoyed again because everything is annoying him this, mor- this morning And he's only been awake for not very that long and uh, he hears a noise off in the distance.
4: What is that chinging noise? One of those stealth helicopters with computerized noise cancellation capability. And uh, they're still working the chings out. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: this will lead us into. Uh, we're actually we're pretty lucky this week. We get a get a tip of the spear. Uh, I don't think we've had one in a couple weeks. But here, without any more ado, is our local hothead free beer. Take it away.
3: Yeah, what up, uh, local hothead here. <laughs> pretty, so hot, pretty hot, pretty
1: okay. hot. Steven, steaming over some I don't shit here. Do. What?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, naturally, when Dale says his <laughs> shit about uh, about all dot conspiracy dot black helicopters, it got me interested. You know, like, is this an actual website? Is this something I can go look up? So, naturally, I try to go look it up. Now, if I plug this absolute same sentence as it is into google it didn't yield any sort of you know decent results
4: well how you know about stealth helicopters all oh, dot conspiracy dot black <laughs> dot helicopters
0: <laughs> that one
3: <laughs> that one so my search on this yields some questionable intelligence mostly wikipedia pages in discussion as to whether this sh- so-called black helicopter conspiracy page should even exist at all given it's riddled with typos and questionable at best also, some truther-type conspiracy nut videos alluding to some involvement with chemtrails. I'll stop here and give a shout-out to uh, one of our earlier episodes where I yelled at you about the Heart Project. Go listen to that. And I also found some conspiracy-themed blogs, mostly all defunct and no longer being hosted. However, searching black helicopter yield is some capital-T motherfucking truth. So, black helicopters is an idea which became popular in the United States militia movement and associated political groups in the 1990s as a symbol and warning sign of an alleged conspiratorial military takeover of the United States, though it has also been associated with men in black. The men in black are not just a decent trilogy of movies, but are also a fascinating <laughs> conspiratorial <laughs> phenomena decent. dating back to the first UFO sightings ever recorded and have always been one of my personal favorite conspiracy topics. And I'll likely talk more about that in the future. Anyways, black helicopters. Now, obviously, there are black colored Colored helicopters in use by the U.S. military. If you go watch Dope and Drugs, Inc. on Netflix, you'll see a lot of these in use as a black uh, UH-60 helicopter used by the U.S. Customs and Border Control. But um, this theory speaks mainly to the military operating in the shadows over and above of governments in clandestine off-the-grid ops. We're talking about crafts that don't show up on radar by design, that don't make noise, that maybe have cloaking abilities. There's too much to really get into, but what I will say is it's interesting to see the similarities between these crafts and the descriptions of extraterrestrial spacecraft from abductees like Travis Walton. Just what did the Nazi scientists tell the Americans in Operation Paperclip? What tech did they really give us? What exactly did we learn from trying to turn a ship invisible in the Philadelphia experiment? That's all I managed to skewer onto the tip of spear today. Keep your eyes on the skies, people. Who knows what could be lurking in the clouds?
2: Okay, thank you, Free Beer.
1: Thank you, ali for the beer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> man, you know what else they got on the internet?
4: <laughs> yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.com. You got them <laughs> na- naked chicks on there, man. You go click, 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 click. click. It's real easy, man. <laughs> Yeah. So do
1: more of that.
4: <laughs>
2: so the only two guys in the in the alley that are uh, familiar with computers and the internet in 1997 are Dale for his conspiracy theories and Boomhauer for his naked <laughs> lady.
3: Click 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 click.
2: I think uh, the Hillhead residents Is still using an old K Pro at this time. Too. <laughs> yeah. I just want to thank you
0: again. Tip of the spear. That was fantastic. That was. I'm gonna look up none of that
2: later
1: <laughs> I heard like two words yeah. I think he said Super Bowl
2: He did He did his homework That's for yes. sure So um, we see Hank, he's, he's still lecturing Bobby But he's trying to go about it a bit for, different way And he's explaining to Bobby That he needs a hero or a role model And I think at one point He mentions that he Should be like a certain Canadian hero Why can't
4: he turn that energy into something useful? Like that boy with no legs who ran across Canada.
1: (laughs) He's actually wrong on two facts there. Uh, Terry Fox only lost one of his legs to cancer, and he only made it as far as Thunder Bay. I mean, I guess it's kind of exciting. This episode has a couple uh, Vancouver Island references.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, for us being Canadians and growing up, you know, post, you know, Terry Fox, he was so ingrained in what we did every year. And, we, you know, people all around you still see the Terry Fox runs every year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe you can explain a little bit more about his background for the people listening who aren't so familiar Yeah, with like Mr. I France.
1: I wondered if, like, if it's something that's so drilled in our schools in Canada, but I don't know if it's really known very much down in the States. I mean, clearly Hank knows about it. Mm-hmm. Terry Fox was born July 28th, 1958. In Winnipeg, Manitoba, and moved well, 10 years later to Surrey and settled in Port Coquitlam. So, those, those are both in British Columbia. That's out by us.
2: Actually, our local hothead, Tip of the Spear, was born in Surrey as well. <laughs> That's true. That's it, true. As far as I can tell, it's a good thing Terry Fox made the move over to Poco.
1: <laughs> 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 and yeah, so he, he played all, like, he played every sport in high school. He really liked to play basketball the most. Um, He wasn't really that good, I guess, but his coach talked him into running and he got into kinesiology, went to, I think he went to SFU.
2: What? Um, Go clan?
0: I've been to SFU. It kind of looks like a prison. Everything's concrete and
2: fenced in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but that was the style at the time. Oh,
0: it was
2: cool. This was
1: in like 19, like late 70s.
2: I thought it was a cool campus, you know, the top of the mountain in Burnaby. all right. I didn't pay attention to the architecture. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Sorry, I uh, just might be a nerd that but way. But yeah, so then
1: while he was at school, he got cancer and lost his leg, and he began what he called the Marathon of Hope. On April 12, 1980, he was going to dip his right leg in the Atlantic Ocean uh, in St. John's, Newfoundland, and he also took a couple water bottles, um, one for a souvenir and one to dump into the... Pacific Ocean And then he started his Marathon of Hope And he made it To, yeah, to Thunder Bay And the cancer had spread into his lungs And he was forced to quit uh, He returned to British Columbia And was at a hospital In New Westminster where he passed away From pneumonia On June twenty eighth, 1981 A month before he would have been 23 wow. So he was
2: Young yeah, It's crazy, crazy to think about Yeah So, before this, we actually see Peggy already suggested that Hank takes Bobby with him golfing. And Hank goes, no, we're golfing a full 18 today. He's not going to do it, but... Bobby's recent response to Hank telling him that he needs a role model or a hero. Uh, Bobby, you need to be lectured all afternoon. <laughs> you just tell the tone of Hank's voice. Like he knows his work's not done and it's not going to be done for a while. Like, yeah. They are on such different planets with, with how they live their lives. This is so
3: funny. Definite tone of disappointment there.
2: This leads us by the
0: uh, IRS closed Willie Nelson golf course.
4: He loves golfing and playing guitar. I love golfing and playing guitar. He's had trouble with the IRS, and I must have spent six hours last April on that 1040 form. Easy, my ass.
2: They drive by the Arlen Beauty Academy, I believe, and we actually see Luann trying to take on the braiding machine, which is just a bunch of ropes hanging from the wall, and she actually ties herself into it, like, elbow deep, and she's braided herself into these ropes, and she's stuck there.
0: Yeah, it felt like Dale, when he was writing this, just really... He snuck that one in super quick. It was like a thirty-second scene,
2: not even.
1: It just yeah, it, it pushes along that storyline of her.
2: Yeah. So on the way to the Arlen Public Golf Course, they make a quick pit stop at Earl's Guitar Shop. It,
1: he's again back to the guitar. He's got to get it fixed.
2: Yeah, to get to get Betsy repaired, and there's a pretty funny little some dialogue here between uh, Hank and and Earl, the guitar guy.
4: It smells like a belly button. Yeah, my son was playing it with a piece of cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Earl really, uh, he really values this guitar. He sees that it's like a pretty valuable guitar. Obviously, he played at Woodstock. We get to see why uh, Hank and Earl bond so well is because Hurl's, obvi- I guess, his son, who's working in the guitar store. Les? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Les totally uh, gets the reference, and he's just like, oh, uh, broccoli neck. it is neck. his
1: son, because a guitar... It has to be. A guitar guy would name his son Les. And like... Like, after Les Paul.
0: Yeah, and the way he kind of treats him, because it's obvious that he's not a guitar nut. And like. he tells
1: him to alphabetize <laughs> the guitar.
4: <laughs> Go in the back and alphabetize the guitar strings. Now alphabetized by letter, or Les. G. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and uh, Earl Earl tells that to
2: Les because Les picks up on uh, what what Bobby was saying about he got the celery head reference. Oh, he's and,
1: digging on the celery head, yeah, broccoli neck. And
2: Earl and Hank are both just so anti celery head or broccoli neck, as <laughs> Hank refers to him as. But yeah,
1: Earl tries to buy the guitar and then feeds Hank a couple lame jokes. About his his two, wife and his yeah, guitar.
4: women are a lot like a guitar they both come with strings attached (laughs) oh actually i guess those are the only two
2: (laughs) (laughs) so now we're at the golf course and bill has a pretty funny suggestion for who he thinks bobby's hero should be
4: Santa claus What are you talking about? Santa Claus. He could be the boy's hero. In one 24-hour period, he delivers toys and joy to every child on earth. And right before Bill
2: says that, he's waiting for Boomhauer to take his swing, which was was pretty funny because we don't get to see Hank take a drive on this hole, I don't believe. But Boomhauer has a nice one. Tail shoots it into the rough, and Bill shoots it about 10 feet after being in his backswing for about 10 seconds. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I love that uh, Dale will never take full responsibility. Damn Russian titanium, my lord.
1: I think think about Bill's uh, suggestion for Santa Claus, I think that's a little insight into his own childhood hero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, just... Like, how sad bill's
2: tragic oh man. upbringing
1: just hurts
0: yeah that's like i didn't actually think about that like of course he'd suggest his own hero and like
1: <laughs> like santa obviously santa, he makes all the kids happy
2: <laughs> and uh this makes a lot of sense because later on in the series i can't remember what season i want to say around season five uh bill basically becomes the rainy street santa claus and opens up like a Christmas oh, Wonderland in his uh, in his yard, and he has so much fun doing it that he gets like completely obsessed and crazy about it, and keeps it going into like <laughs> January and stuff. And even he even hires the Arlen Midget to be his. <laughs> help.
1: I can't wait for this episode. I could just imagine Bill, tired
0: eyes, just bags under his eyes, oh, just yeah. dressed as Santa Claus, losing weight because he can't eat. I can I can picture it. It's good.
2: It's it's super funny because he is the king of the neighborhood for like the two weeks leading up. To Christmas, and then he at one point he actually um, washes his Santa Claus suit in hot water, and it shrinks. But he keeps wearing it, so it's just like tiny and like pink on him, and he's got food stains all over it. Yeah, it's a good one. I look forward to it.
0: Uh, yeah, but I feel bad for him when he's sitting to take his swing, and
2: <laughs> he asks boomhauer
4: for advice. You got any tips, hour? Yeah, man, I tell you what you do, man. You just take, keep that angle arm straight, man. Y'all put your, your left hand still, man. Just speed it the hell up. <laughs>
2: Uh, It's always wisdom when Boomhauer speaks. And um, right after that is said, we see something that doesn't happen very often in King of the Hill. Dale Dale, running out of cigarettes. Dale Dale runs out of cigarettes. And Bobby actually asked uh, Mr. Gribble who his hero is. Mr. Gribble,
4: who's your all-time hero? You are if you get me some smoke.
2: (laughs) And uh, they're still still at this hole. This is actually quite a long scene considering, you know, it's a 23-minute episode. And the guys are standing around. Bill's actually attempting to tell a joke. And Bobby picks up Hank's club and actually chips the ball from, like, 15 yards out right into the hole.
0: They all cheer and uh, congratulate Bobby. And uh, I believe Hank uh, references a certain pro golfer.
4: Son, you just might be the next Lee Trevino. Without the crazy accent. Which uh
0: I looked up some of Lee Trevino talking. It's not that crazy. It's not <laughs> that
1: weird. Yeah, he's no. Mexican-American.
0: Like, I guess I watched videos of him younger and him older, and I think... Same. Yeah, when he's older, I think it's a little thicker because he just cares less. Well, he sounds... A little faster. He it sounds was a pretty, Spanish, yeah. Yeah, right. and I think he was just in a more casual conversation that I heard, and I heard a twinge of Boomhauer in there when he was talking, and... uh Quick note from the producer. Upon editing, we felt it was necessary to include a clip of 75-year-old Lee Trevino. No wonder Hank would want Bobby to idolize him.
4: I actually am a pretty good cook. Um, uh, I love cooking. Um, The problem is that I cook on high all the time. My wife says, you burn everything. And I said, you know, we're kind of barbecue guys. I said, we're we're, we're from Texas.
1: (laughs) The comparison of him and Bobby is because, like, Lee Trevino was seen as, like, the comedian of, like, golf while he was around. But, uh, fun fact, he was actually hit by a bolt of lightning while golfing the 1975 World Open.
0: Yeah, and I think he actually has a pretty funny line about it. It says, if you were caught on a golf course during a storm and afraid of lightning, hold up a one iron. Not even God can hit a
2: one iron. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So nope. I thought
1: that was a really good uh, and especially because he's he was actually born in Dallas, Texas. Like he's a Texan too. He would be like Bobby Hill would be the next Lee Trofito. He, he's a
2: pretty relevant name drop.
1: Yeah, it's like it's that's like that's good.
2: Yeah, so yeah. um after we see Bobby chip the ball out of the hole, Hank goes, Oh wow, you know, there's something I never thought about that I like, and maybe Bobby could be good at, and that he would like too. So on the next hole. He decides to let Bobby take his tee shot for him. Bobby's first attempt at hitting the ball is he misses it completely, and it's kind of, you know, it's pretty funny. (laughs) You know, so Hank tells him to choke up on the club and do it again. Bobby misses the ball completely again. The club goes flying through the air and just whacks into, lo and behold, Willie Nelson. (laughs)
1: Quick, check his (laughs) pockets for cigarettes.
2: Bobby,
4: hop in. Hank, dispose of the witnesses.
2: (laughs) So Dale says it. this, I guess he's referring to Bill and <laughs> Boomhauer. <Yeah. laughs>
1: like this is the <laughs> second time he's trying to abandon everybody.
2: And Dale is just so perpetually paranoid. Like he has nothing to do with this. It was he didn't throw the club, it wasn't his son. Yeah, but
1: I mean, he, he got yeah, he got right into this one. Like the other ones he tried to distance himself, but this one he wanted <laughs>
2: he got the criminals. <laughs> and he actually does get Bobby to hop into the yeah, cart.
1: Right. It must be because he wants the cigarettes. It must be because he plans on looting the body. But they, but
2: they just bolt. Like, they, they leave. The, they the rest them? They come back. No, they come back. But oh. Dale and oh, yeah. Bobby just bounce on the cart, and Bobby's hanging off the back of it, which is hilarious. And Hank's hollering at him to come back, turn around. That makes me think of that one
0: scene when it's, I think it's early on when they're golfing, when they start the cart, and then Bobby hops on, and it just slows right down. <laughs> it actually looked so fun until he hopped on.
2: So um, the next scene, um, they're all back together and they go up to inspect, you know, this poor person got hit in the face with this golf club from like 100 <laughs> yards away. And it, yeah, lo and behold, it's Hank's hero, Willie Nelson, who is playing the Arlen public course because his course is currently owned by the IRS.
4: Am I bleeding from the ears? No. I must be okay then. (laughs) So,
2: Hank is just a true fanboy at this point. He has no idea what to do in meeting his hero, let alone playing golf at the same course that he plays at.
4: I'm your biggest fan. I go to every concert I can. I've been to every farm aid except one. I don't much care for that Brian Adams. Uh,
1: Brian Adams was born November 5th, 1959, making him nine years old during the summer of 69.
2: Yeah, it's a charade. It's
1: a (laughs) charade!
2: I remember looking that up at one point. Um, so I did some digging into FarmAid. FarmAid was started in 1985 in Champaign, Illinois. The original ones were, or sorry, the original one was organized by Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, and Neil Young. And it was basically just to raise money for farmers, whatever um, financial troubles they had. Apparently in the 80s, this was a bad time for farmers. And I thought it was really funny that Hank didn't go to this particular Farm Aid because Brian Adams was there. So I looked it up. And this was the 1993 Farm Aid, which was held in Ames, Iowa at the Jack Trice Stadium, which holds over 61,000 people and is home to the Division I football team Iowa State Cyclones. Now, the funniest part about this is that Hank did not at- attend this concert sim- because of one act. And, like, your music festivals are you're not gonna like everybody. Like that's just how it goes. So the people that Hank missed out on in the 1993 lineup, b- just because he didn't like Brian Adams, includes the Jayhawks, Lyle Lovett, Johnny Cash, Neil Young, the Kentucky Headhunters, the Charlie Daniels Band, Ringo Starr, the Highwaymen, Dwight Yoakam, and of course Willie Nelson.
3: Brian Adams is terrible. But dude, again, could you imagine the amount of fucking jean overalls that were at that <laughs> fucking concert? Oh, it's oh, the Hillbannon amount of Woodstock. denim.
0: Do you have to be a farmer to be able to go, or can anybody go?
1: Uh, you're all farmers there.
0: As long as oh. you're paying the money to support
2: the farmers.
1: But again, this is, this is the second reference we get to at least our home province, British Columbia.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. Brian Adams is like from around here, I guess. Every, he always, but but everybody nobody always. likes Brian. I feel like everybody around here works with somebody whose aunt is a reference in that song. It's like, oh, I, you know that song, that's, that was, oh, that's my buddy's aunt. Like, everybody has that guy that they know tells that story.
2: Yeah, and, um, recently this summer, the local radio station for Canada's 150th birthday did their top 150 Canadian rock and roll songs, and I was gonna go burn the station down because they (laughs) picked fucking Summer 69 as number one. Number one. (laughs) Number one. Number, Number one. Number one.
1: What I mean, uh, like, that's fucked. Keep on rocking in the free world. Well, no, like anything by Neil Did Young.
2: Anything by Neil Young. Like,
1: uh, like Neil Young could have been the f- top ten of them.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. He could have been the top like yeah twenty songs. The Hip alone could have been the, the top hip? forty. Um, you know, even Rush too could have like some big hits in there. Like It'd anyone.
1: One, but Rush would be on there. They'd
2: be in there. I'd put a lot of their songs ahead. Yeah. A Summer of '69. Oh, I for would. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, you gotta give Brian Adams something, I guess, because he does sell records but
2: yeah, 69. <laughs> so uh, moving on um, Willie is obviously he, he's in a lot of he's oh, not yeah. in good shape here I like it he's you
1: passing know. out while Hank's trying to get an autograph yeah. and it's just like like a scribble yeah, and, and he,
2: he he drives off and then Dale goes that was our cart <laughs> He just takes off, and there goes. That's the only thing Dale could think about when they just met Willie Nelson and also, like, possibly severely injured him. That was his ticket. Out <laughs> yeah. And Dale still doesn't have any cigarettes.
1: Well, then it cuts to. Hank telling Peggy all about it.
0: Yeah, and of and course Peggy Bobby. asks
1: if he was bleeding from the ears. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. exactly. Uh,
0: and Bobby's, of course, listening outside the window at everything that his dad has to say about him. Yeah, the honest Hank, truth.
1: Hank's just kind of like talking to Peggy, being sad about how his perfect vision of meeting Willie Nelson would end with opening a chicken franchise. Says <laughs> <laughs> so it's his fault for taking the boy with him. And Bobby, sitting outside, overhears this just as Les from the guitar store for some reason delivers the guitar back <laughs> yeah like and, on foot <laughs> yeah and and gives it to Bobby not caring that he isn't Hank
0: yeah like they were in the store together yeah. like they yeah. they bonded on a reference like yeah. I not remember are you Hank Hill like
1: no but uh, yeah, and then um, I
2: think Les is pretty burnt. Like, yeah. <laughs> any any guy that works at the back of a guitar shop, like they are just baked the whole time.
3: Yeah. If he's Les I'd hate to
2: see more. He's not even allowed. <laughs> he's not even allowed to be in the front of the store. Fuck but- you, <laughs> yeah. God.
1: Fuck you.
2: It. Uh, tip of the spear. But, what are we gonna do? With but
1: you? yeah, Whoa. I really like this next. This next bit is just really quick of Bobby, like with that voiceover yeah, driving on his phone Like, like it, it made me think of like. Kind of like uh, some like 500 days of summer kind of movie. Of you know me, what I'm I mean?
4: Focused. I'm gonna show them I can do better. I'm gonna make my dad proud. Ugh. Ugh. I'm going to not tell dad about that.
2: He lands right on it. He goes
1: goes up to Willie Nelson's mansion. It's repoed. He's got on the road again is his doorbell. Yeah, the
2: door chime.
1: But, of course, he he finds Willie Nelson camping out front of his own property just sitting out there playing Ben Crenshaw turbo golf on his Game Boy. And uh, I guess Bobby's got some tips for him.
0: Yeah, he tells him how to get out of the sand trap in, uh, I think, the third hole. But uh, anyways, (laughs) Willie's still all concussed. Hey,
4: I know you. You're the kid that rakes my lawn.
1: No, I'm the kid who hit you in the head. With a rake? No, with a golf club.
4: You've been raking my yard with a golf club? I want my quarterback.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's my favorite part of all of it.
1: And then Bobby phones up Hank to tell him that he's at Willie Nelson's house. And... Hank says, you're teasing the gorilla in the monkey house? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, what does the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I
3: don't... Yes, he's saying that, like, him as the gorilla in the monkey house, you're teasing, yeah. like, the alpha male who's but, in I assume that of... the gorilla's getting annoyed by the
2: monkeys and that Hank is the gorilla in a but house full of which monkeys.
1: Which is Willie Nelson
2: in this scenario? It's he, I think he's irrelevant to this, uh
0: yeah as far as Hank knows, Willie Nelson has gone home and is not not thinking about Hank and Hanks missed his chance. He's the only gorilla around,
1: but eventually, yeah, Willie gets on the phone and then Hank rips down there to get the get on the barbecue with Bobby and Willie hanging out jamming with <laughs> betsy and
2: yeah this is um yeah after Bobby gets Willie. To Phone the house and tell Hank, yeah, this is not a joke, like come on down. And he does, and he and Hank shows up there, and it's just a rocking party out the front gates Aww. of Willie Nelson's mansion. There's like Bob Dylan, and dude, there's Lyle it. there's uh, Ann Richards, is there, there's a whole bunch of people. And
1: well, yeah, because Hank phones up Peggy and says, Bring the guitar, the, the orange woven system. guitar strap down. Yeah, and because he's at Hank Williams barbecue, mm-hmm. and Peggy's like, "Oh, I'm t- sitting here playing what? Is, oh, Willie Nelson. I knew I was gonna. <laughs> I, I've been thinking, Hank Williams. I've been thinking that all week. <laughs> like, I even like Hank Williams. Hank Williams, because Hank and Will Willie. Yeah, really, yeah. it's, like, it's it's
2: understandable.
1: Both country singers, mm-hmm. anyway. So, so, but no, he. he uh, and then yeah, she says, "Of course, Ann Richards." And then, but as she gets up to answer the phone. She pulls away from Luann practicing braiding on her hair. And Luanne just starts to ball her eyes out on the, on the couch like, I'm never going to get this. And it's just a little, like a little, I like the cause and effect of it, that like the phone rings, so she does that and then she gets upset and it just kind of like shows her like frustration with this beauty course that she's been taking.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when Hank finally arrives at the party and he sits down with, with Willie Nelson they actually start playing guitar together and Willie Nelson compliments Hank's guitar Betsy and he makes a reference to his guitar Trigger and he says I think Trigger's going to get jealous and I looked it up and there's some amazing backstory about Willie Nelson's guitar Trigger it's it's completely real it's his guitar that he's been using since I think 1969 and um he was playing before he was as big as he was he was playing at a bar I think and some drunk guy stepped on his guitar and broke it and so he was on the road so he Without seeing this guitar, he made a couple phone calls, and he said, yeah, sure, I'll buy this one. He bought it for 750 bucks. And he, basically what he says is this guitar defined his career. Um, he Sorry,
1: says, what kind of guitar was
2: it? I didn't actually write down the name. I know it's made of Brazilian rosewood. Like, it's a special, like, classical guitar. It, made, it has nylon strings to it. It has, like, a very unique sound.
1: Nylon, those are, like, that's like a Spanish guitar.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, Willie's been quoted as saying, if, if Trigger goes, I'll quit. So when in 91, when the IRS was taking repossessing all of Willie Nelson's assets, he got one of his daughters, I think it was Lana to sneak into his country club and take trigger and take it all the way to Hawaii where Willie Nelson was camped out because he was afraid that it was going to get taken and sold. Now, this guitar has got a huge history to it. It has over 100 autographs on it from Willie's people he's collaborated with, musicians, friends, but not even that, just like there's football coaches that have signed it. And what they do, which is unique, is they don't actually sign it with a pen. They carve into it and they chisel their initials into it. And the one thing that I read, which was really cool, is that this guitar, I guess it's a really soft wood. It's supposed to be played with just your fingers, but Willie's been using a pick. So over time, below the strings, this big hole has developed and it's actually animated into the show if you look closely when willie's playing it you can see this like large hole underneath where his fingers are and the name trigger comes from roy rogers horse name trigger and there's a quote here um it's kind of long. I couldn't even write it down, but I've got it here. It's from Willie's book he wrote, The Tao of Willie, A Guide to Happiness in Your Heart. Nelson described the influence of the guitar in his style. He goes, One of the secrets to my sound is almost beyond explanation. My battered old Martin guitar, Trigger, has the greatest tone I've ever heard from a guitar. If I picked up the finest guitar made this year and tried to play my solos exactly the way you heard them on the radio, or even at my last night's show, I'd always be a copy of myself, and we'd all end up bored. But if I play an instrument that is now a part of me and do it according to the way that it feels right for me, I'll always be an original.
0: Well said. Um, just to answer your question, historian. It was a Martin N twenty.
1: Those are those are nice guitars.
0: Yeah, it sells for about like sixty nine thousand.
1: Very nice guitars.
0: Sixty nine hundred, my bad.
1: <laughs> well like, I think nice. I mean the Sixty nine thousand people, some people pay for that. Pay that for good
0: for his good like that one, like trigger? More than that, I'd More say. Than that, yeah. yeah.
2: That's what he was so worried about was that it would just be simply auctioned off.
4: I tell you what, man, you did a dang old Mr. Tambourine man, talk about did come play a song for me, and you know, all then you get, you take change your name Zimmerman, y'all born again. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer just knows
2: everything about everything, eh? Like he's like just like pop culture particularly seems the only relevant guy in the in the alley.
1: I think you made that point where that he does probably hang out with the younger girls, and he has to. Oh yeah, keep keep he he gets that stuff. Yeah, well not that Bob Dylan was ever <laughs> like.
4: Yeah, well, like, whole bunch of kids coming around. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Dog, <and> <laughs> denim, Growing <laughs> platinum. Who knows? Accounting firms and yet, dang old Boomer.
1: Accounting
4: <laughs> firms.
2: <laughs> oh man, just. This is
0: too funny yeah. It just shows how cool Boomhauer is Cause he, he's at a party with all these celebrities And then fucking And then Dale and Bill
4: Decide to hang
0: by the keg
4: Uh ma'am You're gonna wanna angle that glass Uh uh you're blowing it <laughs> You're gonna get Nothing but foam Yeah And she just completely
2: ignores them <laughs> and just walks off And like yeah What Ladies with Beef Just said like There's some Cool people At this fucking party Like Bob Dylan's there Willie Nelson Like all of his You know friends and family I'm sure And they have nothing Better to do than But criticize some woman About how she's pouring Her fucking free beer And they're drinking one too Like Go mingle Bob fucking Dylan is there
0: Even Peggy found somebody To talk to right
1: She's <laughs> Dennis Hopper. <laughs>
0: Who's Dennis Hopper?
1: Are you kidding me, man?
3: No, I'm dead serious. He's a
1: writer, What?
3: Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He Uh, plays a character named Lefty. True
1: True romance? Well, no, he's a villain in lots of stuff.
4: You know, Mr. Hopper, I just loved you in that movie. You know, the one where you played a mad villain.
1: Yeah, it has to be
0: Waterworld.
4: (laughs)
1: Have you seen
0: Waterworld?
2: Yeah, I've seen Waterworld. It sucks. Do
1: you know, like, the villain in it? The guy who drives around on the, like,
2: sea-dude? What's the main guy with the weird slits behind his ears? The gills? Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner. So, yeah, he's the antagonist to Kevin Costner. Yeah, okay. Dennis
1: Operas, yeah. And he rides yeah, around on those watch badass... Easy, Have you seen Easy Rider? No. You, we should watch that. That's a, good, that's a good flick. We'll watch that.
0: All right, I'm down. How come nobody appreciates my love for Waterworld? I think it's... <sighs> A fantastic watch. I got.
1: I appreciate it. Got it for you for Christmas.
2: Exactly. Like.
3: Yeah, uh, that th- movie's fucking awesome, dude.
1: Thank th- you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Everything Dennis Hopper's ever done is just—it's great.
2: I think my biggest beef <gasps> with Waterworld is that they eat dirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't eat it. They just—they <laughs> just need it. They need it. <laughs> They—I I think the best part of Waterworld is the Universal experience. Yeah,
0: I don't know if you've seen Waterworld live, but <laughs> it that? is worth it. Twenty-five years later. Oh, man,
1: so good. It's a little outdated, yeah. Like
0: <laughs> It was part of the investment. They need to make a return on that at some point. That investment was huge. I didn't look at the actual uh, Yeah. worst, like next to Pluto Nash. I mean, I
2: don't know if you've seen
0: that movie, but that was one of the worst.
1: That movie, that movie bombed.
0: But, I mean,
2: so
1: Waterworld's made its money back.
2: So let's take a step away from the Waterworld. Let's head back to Heimlich County, and we're back in Ireland. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, nobody wants to fucking hear about... Anyway, we're back at Willie Nelson's, I guess, like, front gate driveway party. I mean, they're definitely not in on the grounds, but they're still partying. I think Willie Nelson kind of can do whatever the fuck he wants in Ireland. And um, basically... Except settle with the IRS. <laughs> yeah, IRS is still going to bust you. But we see Hank and Willie sitting on the couch and... Actually, I think it's Hank and Bobby at this point when Hank decides to play a song that he wrote himself about Peggy.
0: Um, I think just before that, uh, Hank is talking to Willie about his son, about Bobby. And then uh, he goes to see Bobby afterwards and then the song gets played. But uh, Hank's basically telling Willie about how his son's a screw up, and how he, he chipped his bridge, he swung his uh, club and dog dew, he knocked out his hero. But then. And he uh, crashed the mower. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Willie actually has a pretty insightful uh, advice.
4: Well, now hold on there, Hank. You think about it. Bobby wants to play your guitar, ride your mower, and swing your golf club. I believe that kid does have a hero, and his name is Hank Hall. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, right. It'd
2: be like, but like Willie Nelson's really banged up. It's okay for him to get one letter wrong in Hank's name, but I would just like to say Willie Nelson, he did a fantastic job voicing himself as, you know, the character of himself in a fictional setting. He did really good and it was a really fitting first, like real, you know, celebrity cameo to have in a series. I think it, it worked well. I didn't
0: really think about that, like, the amount that it actually must have cost them, because, I mean, he's in debt, right? So he, he needs that <laughs> flow. So I'm sure he cost a pretty penny. I didn't even really think that about, like, an upcoming show, because, like, I always think of King of the Hill as, like, a pretty, like, standard, like, show, because I'd known it after it was established. So at this point, it's still making a name for itself. That makes sense.
2: And, like, you know, the original animated series, especially from this time to do celebrity voices and cameos was the simpsons but i don't think they even got into that till maybe around season three but here we are season or episode five of season one and king of the hills already pulling these big names out of the drawer maybe that's you know mike judge's uh influence that he's already got from his his past endeavors
3: yeah that could be because it seems like that's a pretty decent get like willie nelson would have been maybe not necessarily a household name then but what do you think
0: i mean how many albums 69 64 67
1: a lot, yeah. But yeah, Greg Daniels also. I mean, yeah. from yeah, The got Simpsons, clout. like yeah, there's there's there's, there's clout. clout in the wrist clout.
2: But the one thing that they have um, that's slightly different from The Simpsons is that they have their characters are like they're really authentic and relative to the show. You know, with Willie Nelson being a Texan, the same with Lee Trevino, Mitchie Ham. Like they keep it worldwide, but also very localized at the same time, and it it, it goes real good.
1: I was also going to mention the the position they played in in football they cuz Hank mentions it but i forget what it is Le- left left
2: halfback are half- running backs
1: okay but cuz uh i wonder if that influenced the rest cuz i just, do they mention his position before this episode
2: not before this episode but it's a huge plot line throughout throughout the, 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 the series. series absolutely yeah.
1: so i think that's kind of that i feel like because that's cuz cuz willie nelson actually played that did he? Oh, yeah.
2: My God, he's got to be, like, 140 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Although, like, oh, did you ever see photos of him back when he was, like, 20? Like, no. I'm talking, this is, like, I think it was, like, high I mean, school and college, maybe college.
2: I have, but he's usually wearing, like, a denim suit. Like, I, I don't get real a little, uh, could, grip of his look, physique. Look, I bet like he, he was could. fast. I bet he was probably a past option. He's
1: taken a few beatings, it looked like, you know. He's...
0: And remember, it's high
2: school. I mean, everybody's yeah. relatively.
1: I think he small. played in college too. Oh snap! I think he played a bit. Like I think he played for a while.
2: But the high school football players from Texas, a little different yeah. <laughs> from the scrubs you were rolling yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah. yeah, so I thought. So I think that's. I think that's cool that like Willie Nelson actually influenced the show for it, the rest of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I never even thought about that. That's cool. Yeah, I think now uh,
0: after Willie's words of wisdom, uh, this is when he actually goes over to Bobby and then uh, he's playing, like he's talking about the guitar, but uh, there's this one line that Bobby has that I think is my favorite in the episode.
4: I just want to uh, thank you for helping me meet my hero and having him sign my guitar. I helped him put ointment in his eye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just another example of Hank Hill awkwardly talking to his son in an emotional way. Because uh, I remember there's that episode where he tells him that he loves him. Yeah, and it, 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 he, it's it it is the same. He approached him in the exact same way, I noticed. And I, and I, I, I like that.
1: Like, I thought that was funny, too. This this is the second episode in a row that he's had to like make amends. So wasn't the other one uh, Boomhauer?
0: I guess, yeah. That's kind of like a trend. Hank just making amends with everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, so... Peggy's done talking to Dennis Hopper and she's furious and coming over to Hank. Uh, Hank shows Bobby Pegaleg. I-, I believe that's the title of the song.
2: I think so. I just wanted to quickly put in I like that um, Dennis Hopper was like trying to seduce Peggy and <laughs> drive to Mexico with her and that she, he said that he, I think he offered to fight. Or no, he goes, hey, yeah. <laughs> Hank's not treating you right. And he goes, oh, Dennis, he'd flatten you out you like a bug.
0: You want me to kick his ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Here's Pegaleg. Yeah.
4: I know a gal with a pretty leg She's a gal who can fry my egg And her name is Peg E Well, Peggy, Peg, Peggy, Peg Hey, 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 hey. Then it just sort of goes off into a buddy holly riff. <laughs> like Hank's pretty good. Yeah. And especially uh, Mike Judge doing
2: the voice of Hank but also singing as like a an impersonated voice, like that that's that's, that's hard to do, I imagine. I've I mean I've never tried, but that's it impressed me. And especially that was some very pleasant uh yeah, guitar there. It, it was yeah, it was nice to, to tap along to.
0: Um, but I guess that is technically the last scene before the credits. He makes amends with Peggy, um yeah. and oh, I believe there's a finish to Luanne's C-plot that I loved.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a really good shot just as it kind of pulls out of the family all hanging out, dancing to peg leg and uh, Luanne is braiding Willie Nelson's hair, and he's complimenting on how great it is, but she's just covering his hair in glitter spray. <laughs> and I think that that's, like, I just love that little, like, end of the episode because it's, like, it's totally a plot that's just in the background, but... It, it really at the end of it, it's they, the only one that had an emotional like impact. I feel because the I just feel like the Peggy being mad at Hank was just us like from the guitar. It, I, which don't, was I don't felt artificial in the buy first the place, guitar, yeah. Exactly. So I don't like the story, but I I think the episode's really funny.
2: Yeah, it, I I really liked it. Yeah, it wrapped Willie Delson up as like the spiritual guru of Heimlich County, and uh, the final scene, um. That we see, it's Hank and Willie are, are playing their guitars again, but in the background you can see Ann Richards playing tetherball with one of Willie Nelson's roadies. And I was
1: that Ann Richards.
2: Yeah, it was Ann Richards. 100%. And I wasn't going to bring Ann Richards up, but it, I I felt it necessary because she becomes a, a character again in later on in the series. So Ann Richards' um, brief history: she was the 45th governor of Texas from 1991 to 95, and she was very infamous for her one li- one-liners being very outspoken. She apparently she was very popular. Um, even the guys in the alley of um, voted for and she was succeeded by George W. Bush and she, she comes back in the fifth season in the episode Hank and the Great Glass Elevator while she has a brief relationship with Bill <laughs> Oh!
1: what yes actually
2: yeah for sure the former governor of Texas is dates the most <laughs> pathetic man in Texas <laughs> and it's a pretty good episode I can't wait to get to it when we hit season five. Wow.
0: I I would love to just I think the meeting adjourns there with the thought of Bill I'm sure it's a brief one episode but I mean I'm sure it's fantastic hot and heavy um, is there any final thoughts before we uh, sign off any announcements to make before uh, next week's meeting I think it's just time for a Wimitanya alright can I get a, a round table Wimitanya
4: Wimatania. what's that uh, chord you hit on the uh gotta hold it just a little longer before we
0: go to heaven. Now, that's good to talk you. get it. Look at all this. Look at
1: at ootsakothpod or follow us on instagram
2: at UtsaKothPod, or look for us on facebook at order of the straight arrow a king of the hill podcast
1: catch new
0: episodes every sunday night please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at UtsaKothPod at gmail.com please no hate mail
4: hey what you crying for boy it's a good show this is a damn good show
0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.